Are you ready for Christmas? Tree, tree up? Yeah, tree up. Tree decorated. Other decorations up? Yes? Presents bought. Oh, presents bought and wrapped. Oh, dear, it's only a week to go. You better get your action on. So, uh, Quincy's asked me to just share uh, a Christmas reflection. Uh, so I wasn't quite sure what that was, so this is what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to look at some Christmas journeys, okay? And we're going to look at the characters and what they did. And there's a, oh, there was a map. Go on, go map. Yeah, we got a map so you can see where they were going and where they went to and so on. So the first journey is one that Zechariah made. Now, Zechariah was a priest. He was married to Elizabeth, uh, and they became parents, if you remember, of John the Baptist. And uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth lived down here, right at the bottom. Oh, I can't put... So there in Hebron, and he worked in... Jerusalem. And that was a journey of about 20 to 25 miles. He would travel to Jerusalem and he would work there for a week in the temple. He would serve in the temple for a week and then he would make his way home. And he was on a 24-week cycle. So 24 weeks later, he would go back there again and do the same journey and serve in the temple and so on. And then through the year, there were possibly two or three other times that Zechariah would have to go to the temple, special occasions, feasts or festivals. And so he would probably have done that journey three, four, maybe five times in the year. It was about 25 miles. It would have taken him a couple of days. He would have got the train. Uh, that's the camel train, that is. Uh, he may not have ridden on the camel because the camels really were used for carrying goods, but he would have walked with others uh, for protection and security because we know there were robbers around. Uh, if you remember the story of... Um, the Good Samaritan, where Jesus said on the road between Jerusalem and Jericho, which was north of Jerusalem, this guy was on the, on the road and he was mugged and robbed and beaten up. Uh, and so he, Zechariah would have traveled with a group of people. And he would have taken a couple of days to get there. He would possibly have stopped at Bethlehem on the way, which was only about five or six miles from Jerusalem, stayed in his favorite guest house, caught up with the innkeeper and then in the morning he would have got his coffee and his newspaper well possibly he would have gone to his favorite well and filled up his water bottle and he would have stood around there for a while just catching up with people getting the news what's been happening since I last came what's happening in Jerusalem before he then went and carried on his journey to go to the temple and serve there and you know we can identify with Zechariah because, you know, he would have possibly worked from home before he traveled to Jerusalem. He went to the office, as it were, to the temple to do his work. And I don't know whether any of you will be working over the Christmas period between sort of next weekend and the new year. Who's going to be working over that period? Oh, well, just a few. Anyone working over on Christmas Day or Boxing Day? No, but there are people on there who are going to be serving on those days you know, different people in different uh, occupations. And 
You know, we can identify with a Zechariah. We travel on the train, we go, we meet people, we chat with people in the office, we catch up with people and hear their news. So that's my first Christmas journey. I'll come back to that in a little while. A second Christmas journey is Mary. Now, Mary was a very central character in the Christmas story. And Mary lived up in Nazareth, up here. And she took a journey all the way down to Hebron uh, to visit Elizabeth when she was pregnant with John the Baptist, as we know him. And Mary, well, that, that journey would have been about 120, 125 miles. It would have taken her several days. She would have done the same as Zechariah, tied in with other people traveling down there. And we know that from various biblical accounts that Elizabeth was sort of hidden away for five months. She didn't see people. So it was after that that Mary would have gone to see her. So Mary would by then have been pregnant. The angel would have come to visit her. She would have uh, had the Holy Spirit come upon her. She was then pregnant with Jesus. She would have had the conversation with Joseph and said to him, Look, this is what happens. I'm now pregnant. And, you know, he, we know he was in that position of being undecided. What, what was he going to do? And he wanted to divorce her quietly, if you remember. And so it's possible that this journey was, maybe it was Mary's idea, maybe it was Joseph's idea, that he was thinking perhaps if Mary went to visit her, his, her cousin, Elizabeth, that perhaps while she was there, we know she stayed three months, while she was there, perhaps Joseph was thinking, well, I'll, I'll divorce her. And then there won't, there won't be shame upon her by the people who knew her in Nazareth. So Mary makes the journey, those several days journey. And she would have traveled with a group uh, they would probably have been strangers to her. But, you know, when you're on a, a journey like that, people ask questions. Where are you off to? We're going to Hebron. Why? Well, I'm going to visit my cousin who's pregnant and so on. And Mary probably wouldn't have shown at that point that she was pregnant. It wouldn't have been obvious. But still in her mind, she's thinking, I wonder how I'm going to be received when I get there. Because it wasn't, the, as it were, the done thing to be pregnant out of wedlock. So how was Elizabeth going to receive her? Her cousin. But what was she going to say? And probably worse than that, what would Zechariah say? The Bible tells us that Elizabeth and Zechariah were godly, righteous people. It says they were approved by God. Zechariah was upholding the law as a priest and it, Mary was traveling to them. What was he going to say? How would he respond to her when she got there? So there was a sense in this journey of excitement, but also of some trepidation. How, will I, how am I going to be received when I get there? So that's our second journey. Our third journey is the wise men. Now, the wise men's journey only sort of started uh, when Je the day that Jesus was born, because that's when his star appeared. And these wise men, their journey is not really on this map. They probably started somewhere over in the playground, over in the east. They, were, they came a long, long way. And they would have seen Jesus' star appear. They were astronomers. Now, we don't really understand how it was 
that by seeing this star, they believed that a king had been born in Israel. And not only that, that they should take the opportunity to travel to Israel, to honor him, to worship him, to give him gifts. But they did. And their preparation wouldn't have just been overnight. Oh, look, there's a star. Let's go off tomorrow morning. No, it would have taken some considerable time in preparation and planning. And it would have taken them a long time to get there, weeks, possibly months, to make that journey into Israel. But they did it. That was in their heart to do. It was their dream to achieve that. And when they arrived, it it didn't quite work out exactly the way they had perhaps expected. You know, they were intervened by Herod, And Herod said to them, I want you to come back and tell me when you find the baby so that I can worship him too. And, you know, whether they thought, "Mm, I'm not so sure about this. But we do know that God intervened and through a dream said to them, no, no, don't go back for Herod, go back a different way. And so they did. But there were unintended consequences for their visit because they did find Jesus they did worship him they did give him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh but then the unintended consequences of their visit was that hundreds possibly thousands of children were murdered by Herod and Mary and Joseph and Jesus had to make a journey themselves heading down into Egypt although it wasn't very far There was history with Egypt. You know, they were going back to this land in which their people were enslaved. And that had started with, you know, one man going there into Egypt. So they were thinking, what's going to happen? How is it going to turn out? And so these wise men came not with any intention of causing that, but that's what happened. You know, and we can identify with that. You know, maybe... You're going to be visiting family and friends over this Christmas period. You know, and maybe at Christmas we meet up with family that we haven't seen for some time, maybe a year or two. And, you know, last time you met them, something was said and it didn't go down very well. And there were apologies, but the atmosphere was a bit, you know, a bit difficult. And you're going back and you're thinking, how is it going to be? Yeah, we're excited to see our family again, but what's it going to be like? I'm not sure. You know, I think about um, people going off to university, you know, going away for two or three months, a bit like Mary did. She was there three months. And there's that sense of, well, what's going to happen when I get there? How's it going to be? And some of us have dreams, you know, of things that we'd love to do. You know, maybe the children here are thinking, I, when, I, when I get older, I'd love to be you know, a fireman or a pilot or an astronaut or a footballer or whatever it is, you know, and there's that dream. Maybe you've got things that you feel God has said to you that haven't yet been fulfilled and there are things that you need to do, this planning and preparation that you need to make. When we were in Hastings, we had some friends who believed that God said to them that they should go and be part of a church in France. And so we walked with them on their journey. It took a year before they got to France. They're now in Montpellier, in the church there. And they've been there for about 10 years. And, you know, they had all these hopes and dreams of what it was going to be like. And they've been a crucial part of the church here for that time. But it it wasn't straightforward. There were unintended consequences of their trip. Their children 
haven't followed the way of the Lord in the way that they'd hoped. Accommodation didn't work out quite the way they expected. But they're there and they made it. They achieved their preparation. So they're my three journeys with my three characters. Now you might think, so what? Big deal. Thanks very much, Kevin, for reminding us of those. But what's the point? Well, for me, I think there are two, two points. One is we can easily identify with those characters or those journeys where you, you know, maybe, particularly over Christmas, you're going to make a journey and you're not sure how things are going to turn out. Our neighbour went off to visit her mum in Wales uh, just last week. She's uh, elderly and, and not ever so well. She's in contact with her on the phone and you know, keeps up to date with her, but she travelled up to Wales uh, and she's travelling and thinking, I wonder what I'm going to find. Is she going to be how she sounds on the phone? And as it turned out, she got there and her mum isn't as well. She's had to extend her visit. You know, these things, they're part of our normal life and existence, aren't they? We can identify with these characters. But the second thing, I think, for me is more important, in that all these characters had a part to play in the birth and life, early life story of Jesus. They were just ordinary people, like you and me. They went to work. They went to visit friends. They had a dream that they were pursuing. It doesn't feel very different to any one of us. But you see, the thing that I want to uh, bring to your attention, as it were, is that we may not be involved in the birth story of Jesus. But, you know, before Jesus ascended back into heaven, he said to his disciples he gave them a mandate he gave them a commission to continue the work that he had started and as we are disciples we are continuing the work of Jesus here on earth we're building the church we're doing the things that Jesus asks us to do but we're also going to work visiting family and friends we might be planning and preparing for something in the future which is our dream the thing that we'd love to achieve and all of those things are part of our journey to do the things that Jesus wants of us you know there's a great verse uh, in Corinthians that Paul wrote and it's not a Christmas verse uh, and so slightly out of context in that regard. But he's talking to the Corinthians about whether or not they should eat meat that has been sacrificed to idols. And you might think, Kevin, where are you going with this? Well, this is what he says to them. Whether you eat or drink. Now, there'll be plenty of that, I'm sure, over these next couple of weeks. But then he says, actually, whatever you do, whether you go to work, whether you're at home, whether you're visiting family, whether you're visiting friends, whether you're planning over these next couple of weeks to take a few more steps in this dream that you have. He says, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. So we can do our ordinary, everyday life stuff and we can do it to the glory of God. Isn't that amazing? You know, we don't have to have some angelic visitation that tells us to go here or there or anywhere else. We can just do the things that we do, that are right in front of us. Those things like simply going to work, 
talking to people on the train, visiting our family and friends. We can do all those things to the glory of God. Hallelujah. So that's my Christmas reflection. And we're going to uh, do something slightly different now. Uh, yeah, maybe. Okay. We're going we're gonna to sing just as a sort of personal response to that. Uh, because I think, I feel like, a, you know, a Christmas reflection could just be, well, it feels 20 minutes and that was very nice. But actually, I don't want it to be that. I want it to be a stirring challenge that the things that we do, so where over these next two weeks or so, or when you go back to work, when you're visiting friends, whatever it is that you're doing, you're thinking, actually, I, I can do this to the glory of God. I can pursue the things that are on my heart and I can do them to the glory of God. Anything, whatever you do, Paul says, whatever you do, whether it's doing some DIY at home, painting the ceiling, mending the gate, getting to shopping, all of those things you can do to the glory of God. Let's sing. What are we going to sing, Quince? We're going to sing a song we haven't sung.